Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How safe do you feel? How safe do you feel living under the protection of God's care? Do you feel safe? We can see just how much we trust God when we are afflicted by suffering or things outside of our control. Look at how you may react during a crisis. There's a saying, a crisis does not make a man. It shows what a man is made of. The true test of your faith is how you handle challenges. How you respond goes a long way to show what you think about God, how you trust him. You might respond to a crisis with self-reliance and self-confidence, or you might feel the pains of panic and despair. You might be confused about why God would allow this to happen to you. However you may respond during a crisis, it shows whether or not you trust in God or yourself. The point at issue this morning is the trustworthiness of God. Can you trust God? The question before us should be, why? Why should we entrust ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord? The Apostle Paul starts out our epistle reading with a startling statement. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. This assurance can only carry its full force if you consider the seriousness of your own evil and the reality of God's judgment against you. God is the just judge, and you are guilty of evil. You deserve to hear the death sentence, to hear the sentence guilty pronounced against you. Evil is not limited to dictators and mass murderers. Instead, evil lurks within the recesses of your own hearts. It courses through your veins. It finds a highway of delight in your bodies. Look deep into your heart. Look deep into the recesses of your mind, where you've locked away your most insidious desires and your deepest, darkest thoughts. Look deep, and it will prove that you are not basically good. You are basically evil to the core. And what's more, the response of a justice-loving God to all of our injustice is his righteous anger and his holy justice. If God is going to come and set the world right again, if we pray thy kingdom come on earth as in heaven, and we want God to fix everything, he might just have to get rid of us first. You see, we are not part of the, we are part of the problem. We are not part of the solution. 
And yet, worse, we have deep in our hearts an unquenchable appetite to gratify our own evil desires. Paul says, those who live according to the flesh do what? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. And that the mind that's set on the flesh is death. It is hostile to God and refuses to submit to God's law. You see, deep down, there's a part of you, there's a part of me that hates God. You don't want him or anybody else to tell you how to live your life. We rebel against his commandments. We refuse to hold his word sacred, gladly hear it and learn it. We refuse to listen to God. We cannot please God because we are trapped into the sla in the slavery of our own lusts. And we live in a universe where justice will be served. God is the just judge. And you and I are culpable to God for our wicked behavior. So that's the utterly startling thing about this passage. There is no condemnation. The guilty verdict is never heard by anyone in Christ. We have been set free. Released. Instead of a guilty verdict, you are acquitted. Why? What happened? God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. You see, the offenses that we commit place us in debt to the people we wrong and in debt to God. Our obligation towards God increases with every wrong that we do. But what we could not do ourselves because of our slavery to sin, God has done for us when he sent his son In human, the human flesh of Jesus, the Son of God, the flesh which he received from the Virgin Mary, he assumed humanity's debt. He assumed your debt, your burden in particular. You, a condemned sinner, are promised there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What the law requires of you has been given to you. The condemnation of sin already occurred in him. God's own son died a criminal's death. At that moment, God condemned sin. Jesus became a sin offering through his bloody death upon the cross. He discharged your debt for you. He made restitution for you. He paid your fine. He made amends with God for you on your behalf. In the humanity of Jesus, the crucified and bloodied, bruised humanity of Christ, the demands of God's justice are met. And Jesus offers to God his perfect life 
on your behalf. Your condemnation has been removed. And that was not anything that you did. It was done for you in Christ Jesus. And it's made available to you if you trust him. A doctor may work on you. He may make a cure available to you because it's his, it's his job. It's his duty. But we can and should entrust ourselves to God because he's proven that he actually loves us. Love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. He doesn't want to doom or condemn you to condemnation. In fact, your interests, your thoughts and desires, they are dear to his heart. God can be trusted because Jesus Christ, our Lord, was delivered into death and he heard the dreaded verdict of guilty so you could hear, well done, good and faithful servant. God has shown just how much he loves you by offering you pardon through Christ. But second, Paul tells you that you can trust God because you have the hope of resurrection. In verse 11, he says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. How many of you have had the terrible experience of watching someone you love, uh, their health decline or pass away? I think we've all had that experience. We're reminded daily of, our, of the inevitability of our own death with every ache of our body, with every cold that we get. We must grasp that all of this Sickness, death, is the result of our own sin. Our evil has consequences. And the death sentence that we all face is one of them. And those consequences aren't just limited to us. But even now, we live in a world that is under God's curse. So despite the fact that in Christ we are no longer condemned, but acquitted, pardoned for Jesus' sake, yet we still have to die. Sickness, cancer, death, decay still seems like they have the upper hand. But along with the promise that you are not condemned, God has given in Christ the promise of resurrection. The promise that we shall be eventually raised from the dead, saved from the corruption of decay and death itself. Through your baptism, through the word, Christians have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in Christians. And it is the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Those indwelt by God's Spirit, are assured that what God did for Jesus, he will certainly do for you also. You see, Jesus is our representative. 
That isn't limited to what he did on the cross. It goes beyond that. It also means that if he is raised and we trust him, then we will be raised with him. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he didn't just raise one guy. Jesus is our representative. He's the Messiah. Because of that, God guarantees you that what happened to Jesus will happen to you. Jesus can be trusted to deliver a permanent cure for death. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? If sickness, cancer, or old age threaten to claim you, Jesus is offering you a cure. And that cure is not going to heaven when you die. Yes, you go to heaven when you die. That's not the cure. That's not the goal. You were created with a body by God. Regardless of how mangled, deformed, emaciated, or disease-ridden your body may be, God will raise this body up. He will transform it to be young and strong and healthy and beautiful. He is the cure for death because he is the resurrection and he is the life. The resurrection is what Jesus did for Lazarus. It is what God did for Jesus on Easter Sunday. And it is what he will do for you if you trust him. And even though our physical bodies remain subject to death, God has shown that he's trustworthy by giving us the guarantee of the resurrection from the dead. And it goes even beyond that. The Spirit has given us a taste of that resurrection life right here and right now. You cannot, of your own reason or strength, believe in our Lord Jesus Christ or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called you by the gospel, enlightened you with his gifts, sanctifies and keeps you in the true faith. Do you see it? The resurrection life isn't just hope that you have for the future. The spirit of life breathes new life, new spiritual life into your mortal bodies right here and right now. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and it sets you free so that you can actually begin to do what God wants. To set your minds on the things of the Spirit. To not follow the desires of the flesh. To begin to love God's Word. To cherish being with His people. To put Him first in your life. To love your neighbor as yourself. The Holy Spirit, working through the Word and the sacraments, enables you to live the kind of life that God intended you to have from the beginning. Through no doing of our own, God, in his mercy, has rescued us from the junk heap and makes us his own. He washes away the debt 
of your sins with the blood of Jesus' sacrifice. He promises to rescue you from this body of death and give us life, overflowing in abundance. The Spirit works in the hearts of his baptized people to create and sustain faith, trust in God through the preaching of the gospel and through the administration of the sacraments. He gives us the beginnings of this resurrection life so that we can live lives that please him here and now. The same spirit that raised Jesus will work powerfully on the other side of death to give us new bodies. That is why ultimately you can entrust yourself to God. That is why God can be trusted in the midst of whatever crisis that you might go through, be it sickness, financial ruin, cancer, or whatever else may come your way. You are safe in his hands. You can entrust yourself, your loved ones, and your entire life to the care of God's grace because he loves you. He has given you his word. He has proven his trustworthiness by reminding you of his love for you and giving you resurrection hope, even in the darkest of times. May that peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.